You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 5720 Ridge Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. Today is Epiphany Sunday. An epiphany is like a revelation. The word comes from the Greek and it means manifestation. Manifestation is an event, an action, an an object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or an abstract idea. So when something is made manifest, there's an action or a fact of showing. So Epiphany celebrates the revelation of God in his son as a human, Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, we see God embodied. God is taking action to show God's self to us, to be with us in Jesus. So for all the mystery of God, something is being made clear when this baby is born. Something abstract is made tangible. And Epiphany Sunday is a historic day to name this manifestation of God to the wise men or the magi. They're also commonly called three kings, as in the carol that we just sang. And we don't know, we don't even know how many there actually were. But we just attribute each one as having one gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it's more likely that there was a whole caravan traveling together. Uh, And some of us have been on a long journey to Jesus, too. I was talking with friends this week who have hit many bumps on the road and faced many dangers along the way. So if you feel bruised or beaten up or just weary from traveling, I hope that you'll receive some comfort from the journey of the Magi tonight. They were convinced that something cosmic had taken place, not only in the heavens, but on earth as well. So they kept going. They did not give up. They had to be a part of it. They, they had to meet this newborn king. Enough that they traveled probably for years. They saw his star from the east, and they left their country to travel for a long way to find this new king. By the time they got to him, he was a child, we know from scripture, living in a house. So all those pictures of the magi at the manger are not accurate. My kids love, though, to circle up all of the figures of the nativity set around the manger, around the baby Jesus. But So it's easy, I think, to miss the significant journey that they took to get to Jesus, and the significant journey they took home that we just sang about. So tonight we're going to move with the Magi and see where that takes us. We don't have a lot of information about these men, just 12 verses in Matthew. So there are many interesting questions surrounding them. Where exactly did they come from? Persia, the Arabian Peninsula, from the kingdom of Sheba, which is modern-day Yemen. How many were there? Did the star actually move? It it seems that they were wealthy, learned men. We know this. 
And the word magi refers to interpreters of dreams or astrologers, fortune tellers, or even anyone who possesses some secret knowledge. They could read signs in the heavens, in the stars and the planets that point to the birth of a king. And the record in Matthew chapter 2 starts with them arriving in Jerusalem, in Israel, asking, where is this new king? Herod was the king of Israel at the time, but he wasn't a legitimate king born from the royal line of David. He was born by birth, uh, somewhere else, and he won the throne of Israel through violence and conquest. So when they arrived asking, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? It elicited this hostile response from Herod. Matthew says Herod was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. For all that we don't know about how this actually happened, we do know that the birth of Jesus began a disruption. The birth of this new king meant trouble for Herod, and it challenged his power. So he called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, those who had education and knowledge, and he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Herod was already crafting a plan based on where and when this king was born. So let's read what he did in Matthew 12. As the Magi were leaving by another way, the angel of the Lord appeared to them in a dream. Oh, appeared to Joseph in a dream, excuse me, and said, get up and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod will search for the child in order to kill him. So Mary and Joseph and Jesus left to escape to Egypt. And when Herod realized that the Magi had fooled him, he was enraged. And since he had no more information about where this child was or exactly how old he was, he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and the surrounding territory who were two years and younger. He killed them all. This painting is a chilling depiction of the horror, massacre of the innocents. There was real danger in returning the way they had come. Herod's Herod's evil persisted, but they didn't participate in it. They might have unwittingly participated in it had they not had this revelation or this manifestation of Jesus And then this dream warning them to go home another way. Having an encounter with Jesus prepared them for hearing from God in this dream. Encountering Jesus can 
it changes us. And the revelation of God can come through spiritual experiences. So what is it like to have a revelation for us, a spiritual experience with God through Jesus? You may think you have them. You may think it's just for someone else. Um, For the Magi, they encountered Jesus in the flesh. They worshipped him. And then they heard this message for them in a dream. I think they were prepared for that message because they had had this encounter. For some friends of mine this week, they were telling me, for them it was coming to a meeting here and hearing something that seemed so much like it was for them that they couldn't ignore it. That was their spiritual experience. They were prepared for the message, too. They, they, they could receive it because they were already looking for Jesus and following direction from God. For my seven-year-old son this week, it was hearing someone talk very candidly about their struggles with addiction and meeting Jesus among us. And then he connected that back to the same kind of story that someone else told when he witnessed their baptism months ago. And for him, that was a little revelation. And his faith is being formed because of that. Our children's faith gets formed in the environment of adults who who have a life with God and are transformed by the love of Jesus. We need community for that. If you were here in this meeting last week, Phil shared a story um, that was God being revealed at the Christmas Eve vigil to him, expanding his heart beyond his troubles to hope through a communal call for justice and collective action for peace as we sang together. Joel also shared something last week. He said it was He was seeing Jesus in a new way through scripture that he had read his whole life, but it was new to him in the moment as the person that he is now, reading it again. And by the way, the person that he is now is compelled by love for Jesus and love for us, that he organizes his time and his life to lead our capacity core team for the whole church. And he's devoted much time and energy to our staff and our buildings, because they're the practical tools that we use to grow the church. You have to know Jesus to do something like that, to organize your life to do it. I have a feeling you could add your own story about what your spiritual experiences were like with Jesus this week even. So let's do some talk back right now. What other revelations or or experiences have you had this week or even this month, but try to stay present. Try to stay uh, in where where you've been recently. How is God moving or speaking to you? What are one of the questions I was going to ask is what are some of the ramifications of going with your spiritual experience? What happens if you act on it? And Hayes's story is a good example. Allison's too, making space to have those encounters with God. Of course, it can happen anywhere, but making space to do that, going on a journey, intentionally seeking Jesus, um, opens the way for a revelation. 
Uh, I think for the Magi that their, their encounter with Jesus in the flesh, their opportunity to worship and give their gifts, again, it prepared them for the message that they received in the dream, do not go back to Herod's throne. They were warned and they heeded that warning and they went another way. Take the long way, like we sang. Return to your country by another way. Old ways are, are known and familiar. I think it's hard to do something new. In this story, it reminds us to listen to the message to go another way. Go with your spiritual experience. Test it out. Talk to the people around you. Pray. Read scripture. Try to move in a new direction and see what happens. It, it, it likely would have been more convenient to go back the way they had come. The Magi had already done that journey, and traversing another way would bring its own difficulties, I'm sure. I don't know a lot about travel in those days, but I do know that going the way that you already know allows you to be prepared in some sense for the hard parts or anticipate what you need or ration your, your supplies. And travel in those days had its own dangers and inconveniences. Returning to their country by another route took effort. I think it takes effort for us to chart a new course when old ways are familiar and known for us. And it's it can feel risky. You don't know how it's going to go. There are lots of reasons why you might choose the path of least resistance. Or even continue like nothing ever happened and second guess what you thought you might have heard or even forget about it. It's familiar to travel the same path that we've traveled for a long time, and it's hard to do something new. At our, our Sunday meeting planning session yesterday, a number of the leaders who lead this meeting got together, and we were talking about what happens when, essentially, when we decide to go another way with Jesus. It reorganizes the rest of our life and our relationships. You can't change direction in isolation. It has this ripple effect on the rest of your life. Your body, your time, your joy, your relationships, your children, your resources. No matter how you change direction, it has a ripple effect. For me, part of my job as a pastor is to take quarterly retreats to be alone with God. And I've not been doing that. Not because I don't want to, I actually love taking retreats, and I know that I need it. I understand the wisdom of this being structured into my role as a pastor and part of my work. But I failed to do it because I have this sense that I won't be able to get everything else done. I worry about how to fit everything in, and I've struggled to find a window of time that makes sense. So I admitted this to the pastors at our weekly meeting a couple of weeks ago, and then I confessed it to my cell before Christmas, 
And it took this kind of confession for me to repent, literally, to, to turn around. Repent means to turn around. And hearing myself say it yet again, I realized that admitting it was not enough. I needed to turn around and go the other way. So at the start of this new year, I sat down with Steve and we scheduled overnight quarterly retreats for the whole year. And it felt really good. And I realized that doing this is going to require me to organize my time and my responsibilities and most importantly, my heart to be able to do it. Scheduling them is an act of obedience, but also surrender and trust. Trust that the work does not revolve all around me. And time with God will organize my heart to do the work that's most important. So I told everyone at the meeting yesterday um, that I think sharing money in common works similarly. When we, when we share sacrificially or even inconveniently, it's a commitment to another form of economics than that of the world. Our common fund sharing is a discipline and it's an act of mutuality in Christ. We aren't just philanthropists sharing our excess with causes that we choose. We are co-laborers in the kingdom of God, offering our region a practical way to express their faith and participate in the redemption of the whole world. So those are two things that came up as people have talked about resolutions. But whatever it is, make a resolution this year to go a different way with Jesus. And then organize everything else differently because of it. Who knows how long they really traveled or how much longer this route home would take them. But like sharing money or going on a retreat or not being on your phone at night, which is another one of my resolutions, or going to a cell every week, all of these things require that your regular travel patterns change. You are rerouted. And many times it feels like the long way. Going home by another route. I can't stop there, though, because I don't think that this is all about just a personal spiritual change. This turn of the year, the opportunity to make a resolution following Jesus it has a communal application too. An encounter with Jesus is not just personal. Jesus leads us into a corporate reality, a common mission as the body of Christ together. We're not just entities to ourselves, like our country would have us believe. We are a people who are bound together in a covenant of love with Jesus and with each other. And we're continuing to make God known in the region. We continue this revelation of God through our life together. The way that we love, the way that we serve, the way that we organize our lives to do something together. A very present example of this for me this week uh, is our search for a permanent home for this congregation. Meeting here uh, was a launching point when we started two and a half years ago, but we've outgrown it, and we need more space so that we can keep welcoming the next person. So we're looking again at other churches that, uh, to see if anyone has more space that we could rent, even as we've been exploring 
building options to purchase. So the next sites team walked through this building on Germantown Avenue and Rittenhouse uh, twice this week, actually. It was a very interesting pro property because it has this vacant storefront and next to it an out-of-business laundromat and a parking lot in back and the possibility of a side yard. And as I was walking through it, the first time I came up the steps to the second floor landing and I was about to turn the corner and Martha said to me, she was ahead of me, she said, Julie, prepare your heart. And I was like, why? I'm thinking, is this good or bad? <laughs> and we have seen some very distressed properties, so I really didn't know what she meant. Um, but it is true that every building that we look at, I need to prepare my heart. I always need to keep my heart and my mind why we are doing this and what we're doing. This building search is an expression of the direction of our body. Because of the birth of a baby savior and the wildly disruptive new kingdom that he ushered in, we are convicted to live as a people who make a difference in our communities, in the systems of this world, in the lives of those around us. We are participating in resisting the current kingdoms of the world and restoring with transformational love of God that which has been corrupted and co-opted by evil. We, we are like the Magi. We have a conviction that compels us to keep going, to keep seeking, to keep worshiping, to keep looking for a permanent home. And that conviction is evident to others in our commitment to buy a building, actually. Some folks who work with students at Jefferson's campus uh, said to me that they encounter a lot of startup churches who want to get on campus um, to work with students. And he said it speaks volumes to them that we are in it for the long haul. We want to buy a building. We're committed to our communities that we're a part of, and we're ready to invest our resources and our love in to be a part of this long, the long way. We're not just renters that are passing through. The second floor of that building was amazing, by the way. Uh, with high ceilings and a wide open floor space and lots of natural light. But the complexities of this building really require a clear plan for how we would viably run a business in it. And um, it also, like every other building we've looked at, would require all new systems and quite a bit of rehab. It feels like the long road. Somebody asked me if I get discouraged when I, you know, as we keep looking. Um, but I'm not. I do have to guard my heart because my temptation is always to get excited about the next possibility, which is important. But at the same time, I'm in it for the long haul with you. And I am trusting that God will keep revealing the way we are to go as we move. So I will end with an invitation uh, to our council meeting on Saturday. 
this coming Saturday morning at 10 a.m., we are gathering as a whole church to meet together about the direction of the church. We're going to be talking a lot about our money, our finances, our resources, our budget, and what um, that will look like for this next year. Um, this congregation, the whole church mobilized um, and responded to our request for um, what your commitment might be financially to this next year. And we need to get together to talk about it, to have a common understanding of how we're going to use our resources and what it is we want to do as a whole church. So you are invited to come and be a part of that. The council really is everyone who considers themselves a part of it with a vested interest. So I hope that you'll be there and um, that we'll keep considering this long way with Jesus together. Let me pray for us. God, we do want to organize our common life together to keep revealing you in this time and place that you've put us. As your body, we want to be a tangible expression of who you are and how you are working to restore. So God, continue to lead us on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.